So one story I hear over and over again when working with women who have hypothyroid issues is the frustration of feeling exhausted and overwhelmed, gaining weight, and then finally heading to the doctor to find out what's wrong. And all too often, what happens is you have like that short, quick appointment where it doesn't really feel like maybe they're hearing you and how could they ever figure out what's massively going on with your body in such a short appointment? I'll never know. But anyway, so you end up getting blood work ordered, which feels hopeful, right? Uh, With the hopes of figuring out what's going on. But then when the results come back, their doctor either gives a quick phone call or has another one of those super quick appointments to take a look at the results. And at first glance, they look at the normal ranges, maybe everything's falling in those normal ranges, and they sell them. Everything's normal. But the problem is that everything doesn't feel normal. And that can leave you as the patient feeling like you are completely crazy. Or maybe thinking like, oh, okay, I must be a wimp. (laughs) Everyone must feel this tired. Everyone must feel this bad. I just need to suck it up. Either way, it leaves you wondering what the heck is going on. And so in this episode, we're talking about common problems that occur with even getting to the point of figuring out what's wrong and how normal thyroid testing might not be giving the full picture of what's happening inside your body. And also, we're going to talk about what you can do to get some answers. So grab that pen and a piece of paper, and let's get started with today's episode. And before we jump in, I am so excited to share a quick assessment tool with you this week, which is especially for people who are trying to figure out if what they're dealing with is actually a thyroid issue. Or maybe, you know, you have a laundry list of random health things, and you've been told everything's normal, uh, but they haven't necessarily been connected back to a thyroid issue. So what you can do is head to the link in the show notes or go to bit.ly slash thyroid dash checker. And that will allow you to take the hypothyroid symptom assessment and see where you're at. It's also a great tool to come back to from time to time to see what gains you've made in resolving these symptoms over time. In addition, you'll get access to my tip sheet, which is called thyroid tests to request from your doctor. And that includes ranges for each of the different blood tests that you should be getting with ranges that functional holistic approach to healing would consider to be normal. And you'll notice they're a little different from what most labs consider normal. So you're going to want to head to bit.ly slash thyroid checker to take the short quiz assessing the symptoms that you're dealing with that are keeping you from feeling good as you move through your days and grab that thyroid testing tip sheet. Welcome to the Natural Thyroid Fix. I'm Sarah Geisinger, a holistic lifestyle and nutrition coach and former hypothyroid mom who has reversed her thyroid disease using a natural approach to thyroid health. Trust me, I know what it feels like to move through life in a brain fog, needing a nap by mid-afternoon, and constantly be cleaning the hair you've lost out of the shower drain. Do you know what I'm talking about? If you're here, I bet you do. So if you're ready to reject the notion that this tired, hypothyroid life is as good as it gets and start implementing simple, natural strategies to live a vibrant, symptom-free life, then this is the podcast for you. Let's dive into today's show. Well, hello there. So this is Sarah Geisinger. We're just getting to know each other. Hi. I am so eager to talk about this topic of what I would say is probably the number one frustration from women that I've worked with over the years in helping them to unravel some of their thyroid issues and use natural supports to feel better and to start to see improvement from where they are. This number one frustration is my blood work looks normal. My doctor says 
that everything's normal, that I'm fine. Right. And so this, I've heard this from so many women, whether it's women who are kind of subclinical hypothyroid, where they're, you know, they're barely nearing like a low normal range. Uh, And I've also heard it from people who have been maybe on thyroid medication for years and quote, their levels look normal, but they feel bad. And this is just a common, common problem. This is part of my story too. So this was a huge source of frustration for myself in the previous episode, episode one, I told a bit about my experience with hypothyroidism, getting diagnosed with Hashimoto's thyroiditis, and all of that happening in the fog of having a new baby, becoming a first-time mom, all all the things, right? But it took me over two years of going from doctor to doctor to doctor and wrestling through things and convincing myself that I I guess I must be fine. This is what must be what motherhood is. (laughs) Tired and exhausted and not being able to think clearly. But it took over two years to finally get to the point where I actually had a hypothyroid diagnosis, where my blood work actually started showing what I had been feeling for two, probably more than two years, actually, when I really think about it, because it was two years of going to doctors, but I was feeling crappy for a while before that, (laughs) as you do. Anyway, but in that time, I was diagnosed with chronic fatigue syndrome, fibromyalgia, depression, all these things. It was like a collection of diagnoses that just, um, we're just like random labels. Like we don't really know what's going on with you. It must be chronic fatigue syndrome. Uh, we don't really know what's going on with you, but you seem to have some digestive issues. Let's, let's treat irritable bowel. These were all very like nondescript diagnoses that none of them got to the heart of the problem. But the reality is if you would look, I checked all these boxes of symptoms that were categorized as symptoms of hypothyroidism. But the only reason no one was diagnosing me with a thyroid issue is because my blood work reflected, it said it was normal, even though the range, it said my my levels were showing up kind of in the low normal range, it wasn't like nothing was off the charts, there were no major red flags in the test results, it looked quote normal, even though I had all these symptoms. And so that was enough for doctors to say, well, your thyroid's fine, check that one off. And then, you know, hindsight, looking back, and then as I started to unravel it on my own, I realized, knowing what I know now, that uh, my the, the tests that my doctors had ordered weren't even giving a full picture. Plus, any time that we're talking about helping to figure out what's going on with someone's health, the, the testing should be a piece of the puzzle, uh, not the whole puzzle, <laughs> the whole picture, because that's what it is. It is a piece of the picture because... What the normal ranges are for really any testing, those are based on averages. Well, that could mean for one woman or for one person that um, having you know a certain level of uh, of T three or T four, maybe that's enough for that person. Maybe they've got an, like their body is able to work with what it's what it's got. And there's all the other systems are firing at such a high level they can make it work, even if it's in a low normal range. That's not the case for everyone. These are based on averages, which is why symptoms are important. Uh, and so the the other the other big problem is that normal ranges, the normal ranges that most labs are sending back on the lab report saying that, you know, this is in the normal range, those ranges are super broad. They're really broad and they're based on averages. And there's some problems with how they actually figured that out, which I'll talk about in a minute. But it's totally possible for a person to be, quote, in a low normal range but still be considered normal and then feel horrible because their particular body and their particular system actually needs more to function normally, 
even if the tests say you are normal. So I totally get it. If this is where you are, your story is not unique. It is unfortunately so common, um, when it comes to thyroid disease. So I, I say that not to like, you know, give you more of a brush off cause I'm sure maybe you've already gotten the brush off, but I say that to say that you are in good company. This is a problem that happens over and over and over again, that I've heard over and over and over again, that women with thyroid disease tell over and over and over again. So you're not crazy. You're not crazy. If your blood work quote comes back as normal and you feel horrible, like that is, you're not nuts. And I just need to say that because I personally felt like I was nuts. I was kind of treated like I was nuts by a number of practitioners too, but that's for another day. Anyway, so I totally get it. Uh, and we're going to talk a little bit more about it here. So the research shows that somewhere in the neighborhood of 80 to 90% of hypothyroid cases are actually Hashimoto's thyroiditis cases. And so this is something that I keep going back to because when I came across this study in, I don't even remember how many years ago and learned this, that so many cases of hypothyroidism are actually autoimmune thyroid disease. It was just mind blowing to me and just kind of reinforces the idea that testing is important. The right testing is important, but also it's important to look at symptoms. And so this is something that we're going to continue to kind of get into in, in future episodes, but I want to kind of stay focused here today and talk specifically about testing because I could way go on a tangent about that, but just know that a lot of when I'm helping people unravel their thyroid issues, I oftentimes just sort of assume that they have Hashimoto's, even if they've never been diagnosed with it, because there's a lot of reasons to think that. First of all, there's a lot of research out there that shows, you know, upwards of 90% of people who are diagnosed as hypothyroid actually have Hashimoto's. And that can happen because one, Hashimoto's is sort of all over the place for a couple years until it really settles in and you can, you can see it in blood work. But two, a lot of times it's not even a test that the test actually diagnosed someone as having Hashimoto's. You have to test to see if they have antibodies, that their immune system is attacking the thyroid. If their immune, if the immune system is, is creating the antibodies to attack your thyroid, that is actually the indication that you have Hashimoto's thyroiditis. And so the reality is, is that test is a lot of times never even done because for many, many, many practitioners, many doctors, they, the solution is the same. The treatment, uh, the standard of care is the same, regardless of whether or not you have Hashimoto's or whether you're just hypothyroids for some other random reason that maybe they never bother to uncover. But the solution is give, get this person on a thyroid hormone replacement. So that testing may not even be you know, done to begin with, but that sort of hints at some of the other problems. So this is a big thing. And the, and there's so many questions and reasons as to why this is such a common story. And so part of it, like I said, is that doctors don't request these comprehensive tests. And then another part of it could be that they don't necessarily look beyond the normal, the, the results and interpret them correctly. And then kind of the last reason that these, these quote, normal test results come back, even though you don't feel normal and everyone is supposed to go on their merry way, believing they're normal, even though they feel terrible is because the body is super interconnected and there can be a breakdown 
in the whole process of creating the thyroid hormone, converting the thyroid hormone into a usable form, absorbing the thyroid hormone, all of this thing, this very complicated process that really all of the things need to work together properly to be able to have the correct thyroid hormone levels in your body. And so there can be a breakdown in the interconnected chain of how thyroid hormone is both produced and absorbed. So I'm going to start with the first bit about uh, doctors just not requesting comprehensive tests. So oftentimes, if you are feeling tired, if you're feeling fried, if you suspect you have a thyroid issue, if your hair's falling out cold all the time, if you go into your doctor because you can't gain weight, um, you know, any one of the literally, I think it's up to about 300 symptoms of hypothyroidism, any, you know, combination of those complaints, usually what will happen is your doctor will just run what's called a TSH test, thyroid stimulating hormone. And this is a screen test. And this is um, just like a basic test. It's one blood draw. And it's actually measuring a pituitary hormone, a hormone that um, your pituitary gland makes. And so the pituitary hormone, which is up up in in your brain, it sends a signal or near your brain, sends a signal to the thyroid to make more hormone when when it detects that the the levels are low. And so in untreated hypothyroidism, you oftentimes you will see TSH elevated because it's like the cry for more thyroid hormone from the pituitary gland. In hyperthyroidism, you'll see a low TSH number. And so this is like the first pass. Is this a problem? And this is a great tool. It can be a great tool for picking up long-standing thyroid problems. But oftentimes, by the time that TSH looks off, there's been a lot of damage to the thyroid. In the earlier stages of Hashimoto's, so which, again, uh, you'll keep hearing me say in the early stages of hypothyroidism, because the statistics demonstrate that it's likely that you have Hashimoto's, even if you aren't diagnosed, if you have hypothyroidism, that is. Anyway, so in the earlier stages of Hashimoto's, TSH can actually fluctuate from one extreme to the other, and it can even read as normal. And so this is the case with lots of people. It's like in the early stages of the immune system starting to attack the thyroid, uh, what can happen is that the, it's all over the place. There's too much, there's too little, there's too much, there's too little. And so that means that when you get test results, you can kind of see it anywhere in between and it can even come off as, a, as it's totally normal, even if it's in like these, these uh, flux, the swing. So this is something that, that you can have normal TSH for years while having a laundry list of thyroid symptoms because of that, because literally every time you get tested, it could be swinging high or swinging low and maybe landing somewhere in the middle. And so um, this is very, very common. So that's the first problem is that there's just not comprehensive tests. A lot of times the, the request for TSH is the, the, stop, the stopping point. And if that comes back as quote normal, then the assumption is that your thyroid health is normal. But this is only one little like snapshot of a moment in time. And it's not a real great, um, complete measure, especially if you have a lot of symptoms, uh, that are connected with hypothyroidism. So the second thing is oftentimes doctors don't interpret the test correctly. Again, no fault of their own. (laughs) That is not their fault at all. The, the problem with normal tests that actually goes back to, so when a doctor gets a report and you've probably seen blood work reports where it says like, you know, your, your name, the tests on the one side, it's, um, lists out the, what your range is. And then in, you know, one column, it says what the normal range should be for that specific test. And so 
most times when doctors pull up those tests, they're looking at those, they're looking at what the lab report says should be the normal range, and then like highlighting anything that might not be normal. So way back when scientists were first establishing what the normal ranges should be, they inadvertently included elderly people and people with compromised immune systems into the calculation of what normal should be specifically for, for TSH. And so what this did was it led to a super lax range being loaded, noted as normal, like a really, really broad range. Uh, and you'll see that. So most labs still use the reference range of 0.5 to 5.0 um, IU. And anything within that 0.5 to 5.0 is considered normal. But that's like really big. That's a big range, a really big spread. And so that, that if it's not outside of that, especially for TSH, then it's not going to register as not as being abnormal. And so a lot of doctors just look at that what's flagged as abnormal. And so it's super important to always ask for a copy of your lab results so that you have the numbers in front of you and you can see that them and you can take a look at them. And I would encourage you if you haven't yet gone and downloaded my, my thyroid testing tip sheet, then you'll want to do that because part of that one, there's like a symptom checker. So you can kind of check off and see how many hypothyroid symptoms you're dealing with. And then the second bit of it is lab tests to uh, request from your doctor and the functional medical ranges, like a, it's, which is just like a tighter range, a smaller range for what should be considered normal. And so if you haven't downloaded that, go to bit.ly slash thyroid dash checker, and you'll get all of those things, which are just really, really handy tools. So go do that. There's a link in the show notes too. So many docs will just look at what's flagged as not being normal and then, you know, make their call based on that. So that's why you want to make sure you get a copy of your own lab results. So the good news is, is that the TSH reference range is on the path towards changing as um, more is understood about thyroid health, which is great. When I think back to when I was dealing with, when I was in the throes of trying to figure out what was going on with my thyroid, uh, like 12 years ago, it, it, we weren't, <laughs> we weren't there yet. I was actually told by a doctor that, yeah, well, so we think you might have Hashimoto's thyroiditis. So your, your body's going to start attacking your thyroid at some point, but right now, like not, it's fine. You're fine. So just come back in a couple of years when your um, immune system really starts to attack your thyroid. What? <laughs> so, yeah, I won't even, let's just say I didn't continue working with that particular practitioner. Anyway, so as they more is understood about thyroid health, the, the American College of Clinical Endocrinologists actually put out a new range, which is much tighter. They want to see TSH levels in the range of 0.3 to 3.0. So it's so much better. Functional medicine practitioners have further defined normal as being like between 1 and 2, 1.0 and 2.0 for a healthy person who's not on thyroid meds. And so that's really, that's what I like to, that's where I like to make sure that my TSH levels are. And so, you know, the, the tighter the range, the more we can like kind of rein in what's defined as normal, then we have a better handle on what actually is normal. And so that 1.0 to 2.0 range is really taking into consideration a lot in that range. You are, you should be feeling pretty good uh, with your, if, with your TSH level. So with all of that, TSH only really catches Hashimoto's in late stages. And so that's why it's important to get testing beyond TSH because it's not the end all be all. It doesn't give a good full picture. 
um, that is why we want to, we want to make sure we're getting more testing. This is something that I I think that I, I see more and more doctors are doing a much better job when they can to treat the patient, not the lab tests. And that's kind of like an old saying, right? That, that that's that you want to treat the person in front of you, not just the, not just the lab work. And so blood work should be a piece of the puzzle when figuring out what's going on, because we're all bio-individual. We're all unique. And what's normal for one is not going to be normal for another. And so just because normal on paper, it, it, it needs, we need to make sure that we take our symptoms into consideration. So I also want to talk a little bit about how blood work might not, especially just doing very basic blood work, like a TSH test might not show all of the interconnectedness of the body. And this is kind of the last piece of this. There is the way that our body both creates and makes and converts and uses thyroid hormone is really, really incredible. It's really amazing. When you start to learn that, it also becomes easier to see how if we can support all of the interconnected components and all of the body systems that play a role in making sure we have enough thyroid hormone, it becomes easy to see how this idea that we can use natural lifestyle changes, nutrition, supporting the liver, how stress and managing stress and, and getting good sleep can really have an impact on the creation, conversion, and absorption of thyroid hormone. So I want to tell you just a little bit about how it all goes down. And so I have a really fun graphic that you'll be able to see if you head on over to my Instagram page at natural.thyroid.fix. I'll put that up there for you so you can see it. This is how it works. So I mentioned the pituitary gland. The pituitary gland, its job is to kind of notice that there's a need for thyroid hormone in the body and it sends out TSH, thyroid stimulating hormone. It's this messenger and it sends a message to the, to the thyroid saying, hey, thyroid, we're going to need you to make some more thyroid hormone. And so the thyroid receives the message and produces a lot of T4 which is an inactive form of thyroid hormone, and it produces a little bit of T3, which is the active form of thyroid hormone. And so you've got a lot of T4 coming from the thyroid and a little bit of T3, but here's the thing. In order for your cells to like feel the benefits of thyroid hormone, you need to have active, the active form of thyroid hormone, T3. So it sends uh, those things to the places where T4 can be t- converted into T3. So that large amount of T4 needs to get converted into T3. And so largely this happens in the liver. It also happens in the gut and there's also other tissues. But the, the big players in the conversion, converting inactive thyroid hormone into active thyroid for- hormone, is it largely happens in the liver uh, and secondarily the gut. And so these are important things. So if things aren't in balance, then the liver can, can produce an abundance of something called reverse T3. So if the liver is kind of bogged down, then it can produce instead of producing T3, the active thyroid hormone, it produces reverse T3, which reduces the ability of your cells in your body to intake the T3. It's like a fake out T3. And so that this is what can happen if things are not in balance. And so this is this can be one of the problems and therefore an area and why we want to support the liver. So 
once you've got the, let's, we're going to assume that we've got the conversion going on. The conversion thing's happening. Things are firing there. The T4 is converting to T3, and then it goes to your cells to intake the T3, and then they work all the magic that the thyroid hormone is known to do in our bodies. It keeps metabolism on track. The cells, you know, when the cells can uptake the right amount of T3, metabolism stays on track. We can maintain good mitochondrial function, so we have energy. We maintain mental clarity. It helps muscles feel strong and energized, keeps our hair from falling out, stability in our body temperature, all of those things. We don't have the symptoms that we would have when we're, when we're uh, in a hypothyroid state. So kind of knowing that and like imagine that as a, as a little flow chart, you know, you've got all these components. You can see how at any point your thyroid issues could actually be resulting as a breakdown somewhere else in the process. And so if we are only testing for one thing, if we're only testing to make sure that there's enough TSH, really what we're only testing for is, is the pituitary gland asking the thyroid for enough thyroid hormone? Or if we're only testing for T4, we're only testing for T3, we're only testing for these things, we could potentially get a snapshot of what's happening in our body that's not entirely accurate because we're only looking at a little sliver of the picture. And so it's really important to kind of take in the full, full picture because any breakdown anywhere in that process can cause a problem. And that can be difficult to identify with blood work alone, especially just one blood test alone. So knowing that's the process, you can kind of see how simply supporting the process, we can make some pretty good gains in how we feel. So by kind of understanding what blood work shows, how the body, how thyroid hormone works in the body, you can kind of understand how we might need to take in to consideration some other things. That end, you, you layer on <laughs> two, two other problems. One, hypothyroid symptoms can be very nondescript and vague. Very nondescript. I mean, how many, how many um, health problems, health concerns have you heard of that involve you feeling tired? gaining weight, you're, you know, having body temperature issues, your skin being dry. I mean, there's so many and they can be very, very vague. So that's challenging. It can be difficult to tell what's going on. And then another thing is that the healthcare system is incredibly overburdened and just not equipped to handle the complex multi-body system interconnectedness type approaches that something like supporting the body, supporting the thyroid in, in this whole process requires. And so this, this then means that oftentimes our healthcare system zeroes in on one specific area and who can blame them? They get 15 minutes with a patient. They could not possibly begin to unravel what is going on in a complicated process like the production, conversion, and absorption of thyroid hormone in a one 15-minute appointment. Plus, it's difficult to incorporate lifestyle changes. Patient compliance. This is a, I had this conversation with a doctor a couple of years ago about um, how the things that I teach really produce a lot of great results. And one thing that he came back at me with was, you know, well, here's the problem that I have. You know, thyroid hormone is critical. It's critical to your body and your health. And yes, the thyroid can heal. However, I have a hard time getting my patients to remember and commit to take a pill. And having them kind of have some compliance on learning to support their liver or make some nutritional changes can be tricky. And so I think this is, you know, 
we'll talk more about this and unravel, we'll unravel a lot of the details of this, all the things I've mentioned in subsequent episodes. But these are all problems that I think kind of build out why we are where we are. So I want to give you a few things that you can do today to start moving the needle in how you feel and start to get some answers that you need. And so these definitely, again, are not going to be all you need to do, uh, or they're not going to have massive impacts, but I want you to have some small steps that you can uh, start to work on because anytime we approach health issues from a holistic perspective, they are always a culmination of small steps combined together to create massive impact. So I want to give you a couple things that you can do today. So two things. Number one, look at any recent blood work that you've had. Is it just TSH? Do you have uh, information on the other thyroid markers, like things like T3, T4, reverse T3, and there's a whole slew of them that you can, uh, tests you can get. And I would encourage you, again, if you haven't downloaded the thyroid testing tip sheet and the symptom checker, go do that at bit.ly slash thyroid checker. And you can download all of those things, which will give you some functional ranges and a good place to start. So if you haven't had blood work recently, or maybe you've never had a complete thyroid panel of blood work, then it's time to call your doctor and request all of the testing. You're going to want to request a full thyroid panel. Again, with that download, you're going to have the specific things that you need to ask for. So go ahead and grab that. Uh, you can also do this through a number of direct lab type companies, if that's easier. And sometimes it just is easier, especially if you're paying out of pocket. And so there are a number of resources that I have for you linked down in the show notes of where you can directly request testing. They send you like a testing kit to your house. Um, sometimes it's like a prick of your finger. Sometimes you, um, you actually can go somewhere. And if you're just, you know, paying with an HSA or paying out of pocket anyway, sometimes that's just a little easier to do. So I have some links in the show notes of places that you can um, have access to direct lab testing, which is handy. Okay, so the second thing that um, I think that I would encourage you to do is to increase your water intake. This will be me beating, beating this drum all day long, but hydration alone can cause a hormone imbalance. If your cells are not hydrated, they cannot uptake the, the hormones that are in your body. They just can't. And so you could be, you could have plenty of thyroid hormone in floating around in your body, but your cells can't put it to good use because they're all shriveled up, dehydrated. So let's handle that low hanging fruit. And you should aim to be drinking half your body weight in ounces of water per day. And I'd encourage you to get it in by mid afternoon. So you're not up all night going to the bathroom. Okay. I lied. I said I was going to give you two, but I have a couple other things. So another thing I want to encourage you to do is increase your veggies. It's almost like a universal law that we can all stand to increase our veggie intake. And they, uh, veggies offer such a wide range of minerals and nutrients and healthy carbs that can help sustain our energy. And so add in more greens, add in more spinach, uh, you know, add in more veggies. We all can stand to add more veggies for the most part. And then the last thing that I would encourage you to do is to get outside each day for a walk. It doesn't have to be intense. It doesn't have to be some like massive effort where you're trucking up a hill and working up a sweat, but gentle movement that a walk offers the mental burden of walking and being outside that that is just released when we do that. There's just so much goodness, the goodness in this, what the sun offers and regulating our cortisol and vitamin D levels is amazing as well. And so get outside for a walk. We'll, we'll talk more about this later, but these are simple 
pretty much free things that you can do to start moving the needle on how you feel. And that is what I'm all about. Little moves add add up to a massive impact. And that's what I want for you. So those are some easy things to start to work on. And I know that that first one of getting blood work and working with a doctor can be challenging for some, which we'll talk about in future episodes on how to both look for a doctor and work with a doctor when you're trying to holistically address your thyroid health. We'll keep peeling back those layers. So Be sure to click on the link in the show notes to take you to the hypothyroid symptom assessment. Start connecting those dots on how you're feeling because it's difficult to know where you're going if you don't know where you've been. So I'm rooting for you. And as always, I'm eager to connect with you and answer any questions that you might have. But start with something small. Start with those small things because they add up to big health wins over time. When you focus on doable lifestyle shifts, living a symptom-free life is totally possible. And that's the goal. Symptom-free living. I want that for you. Real quick before you go, if this show has helped you in some way, then I know that it'll help others too. So please head over to iTunes, subscribe, and then leave a review so that more women can find health and healing too. And did you know that you can have an incredible impact on the women who deal with thyroid issues in your circle? Yep, that's right. All you have to do is take a screenshot of this podcast tag me at natural.thyroid.fix and post it in your stories. Let's light a path for all the other hypothyroid mamas looking for hope and healing and to just feel like themselves again. I'll look forward to connecting with you over on Instagram. Until next time on The Natural Thyroid Fix.